Welcome to the Seam Now podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Coleman, here with my co-host, David Ludlum. And we are joined today by Colorado Mesa University's Lecturer of Business and Internship Coordinator for the Davis School of Business, Kristen McGee. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you are a Grand Junctionite. You were born and raised here. You went to Fruita High School. You left for university um, and found the love of your life. And here you are. Can you kind of talk us through what it was like growing up here in the Grand Valley and then coming back to to really launch your, your career? Yes, absolutely. So it is interesting. I left Grand Junction and thought, I'm not coming back. (laughs) I did not take the dirt, right? They say you take the dirt, you got to take the dirt with you. Otherwise you come back. I didn't take the dirt. So maybe the legend is true. Um, So grew up in Grand Junction, born and raised, decided to go to school at Colorado State University in Fort Collins. And yeah, just um, throughout my time, um, really, we traveled back and forth between California and Colorado and decided we really wanted to be with family and so ended up coming back to um, to Grand Junction for that. You know, a lot of times we think about uh, students from Grand Junction wanting to leave and never coming back and um, you get to interact with a lot of students and chat with them through the internship program. What do you think it is that compels people to want to leave and what do you think it is that causes them to want to come back? In your case, it was family. What other things do you run across as you're talking with students? Yeah, I think Grand Junction has grown immensely from the time that I was in high school to where we are currently. Uh, And so I always encourage my students to stay here if at all interested, um, because I do think that we have a lot to offer. One of the things I think that we have to offer here that we can't necessarily find in other places is um, we have this incredible opportunity for outdoors to engage in different activities. And um, and so that's one of the things that um, I and and kind of that small town feel, but with some opportunities for the big town items that we all seek. Um, and so if you really, if to kind of bring it back down to the question, I'm, I'm thinking through your question of, you know, what kind of keeps you here? I think, I think that what keeps you here is a lifestyle, a lifestyle that has more balance of a work you can work, but you can also play. And I think that we're really seeking that now um, as that opportunity to have that, uh, that more of a balance in our life. Um, I think about students and you know really encouraging them to stay here we have very talented students and i am i really encourage them to try to find opportunities um where places where they can create roots and i think grand junction is a place where we encourage roots to be created Um, and we want people to be part of our community and we're a very welcoming and engaging community and so that would also be one of the things that i think we offer here and truly colorado mesa university has grown as we have seen um, just that growth that is here, I think that speaks a lot to um, a lot to what Grand Junction is becoming more and more. And before you decided to come and teach in the Davis School of Business, you had a flourishing career in both the public private sector. Talk about your your real world experience that now you embed into the classroom. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things that we can bring into classroom learning uh, are examples. And I think by taking what I've done and 
um, both the public and private sector, those experiences and bringing those in when I'm teaching on teamwork. So let's talk about teamwork. Great. Um, here's your textbook. This is what the textbook says it is. Now let's talk about the reality. And so bringing in those examples from my work experience will enables us to uh, what I call, you ask, ask my students, they know exactly what I say, the stickiness. Like, how do I make this stick for you? How do I help you remember whatever we're learning in the classroom that day? So those real world examples, I think often are the opportunities to make something sticky, make something memorable. Um, so I try to bring that in as much as possible. I mean, and it can be examples I've gone through, um, conversations I've had with my husband, um, colleagues, peers, I'll bring those into the classroom to say, you know, help us, let's help take this from words on a page to a real life example that um, we can walk away and remember and learn from. So that is actually very much a part of my teaching philosophy. Uh, Kelsey mentioned that the two of you had spoken about this idea that you have that life is not a textbook. Is that the right phrasing? Yes. Um, why is that a powerful metaphor? And why do you describe it that way? Yeah, I think that um, there's the education process is is a fascinating process. And so oftentimes, uh, you know, as a teacher, I teach from a textbook. We have a textbook to teach from and that creates some incredible foundation. But I, I think that in addition to that, we need something, um, you're, you're taught this and then you go out into the, to the business sector, the nonprofit sector, public, private, and you're going, wait a minute, that I'm not experiencing what my textbook said, or that looks different than what I thought it would. And so we think that's really that idea of, you know, we learn it, this is what it should look like. Um, but then we step into the actual positions and we're like, that's not quite how I thought it was going to be. So being able to take again, those opportunities, like an internship, for example, um, that would be, that's one of the reasons I'm passionate about that, right? Because it's taking that internship opportunity and saying, okay, we've learned it in the classroom, now let's apply it, right? Let's do the application of it. And through that, internships specifically give you that opportunity to really um, take what you're learning and practice it in a, in a safe environment. Okay, well, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Okay, so how would I do this differently? Let's problem solve, let's critically think. Um, and it's that really strong environment where the students can continue to have that as a learning opportunity, um, but to apply it. So kind of a long answer to the question, but the idea that yes, textbooks are good. We learn a great amount of foundational knowledge in the textbook, um, but then we need the practical, whether it's examples from work works, work, um, work examples, whether it's internships, whether it's uh, consulting work, whether it's volunteerism, whether it's clubs, but something to take what we're learning in the classroom and to actually practice that, that application, I think is a lot of that learning process for our students. You know, internships give students agency and ownership over their own life and the responsibility of figuring out, okay, actually, I thought this was the path I wanted to go down. And now that I'm kind of living and breathing it, I'm not feeling it, right? I want to go, I want to go try a, a different path. And business is a, mm. obviously a great field to go into because there are so many different avenues. And so if you can talk about maybe some of your students that you've put into internship uh, positions and found, and they found, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to try something completely different. Oh, I think that is such a good question. And um, one of the things that 
So um, through my internships each week, I ask them, I, I, I give them a something to think over moment, right? And so I ask specific questions to them. And one of those questions is, has this internship uh, opportunity confirmed that this is the path you want to go down or not and why. And so it's interesting. I would actually say a good majority of my students are like, yes, this has confirmed it. I love it. Um, the good, bad, the ugly of it, right? Like, I love it. This is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. And then for a couple of students, they've had to take a step back and say, you know what? This isn't the right place for me. And I think the experience, um, I when I think about why they have that, uh, sometimes I think that we're driven by a, well, this is just what I got to make a decision. So this is the path I'm going to go down, or um, this is what my parents have done. So I'm going to go down that path. Uh, and so sometimes I think that our, my students through the experience have the opportunity to say, wow, actually, I'm, I, I don't love this. I'm not passionate about it. Um, I don't feel like I have the strongest skill sets in this, right? Um, I, I'm just not sure I want to do this eight to five. And I think that that is actually one of the most valuable pieces around internships is that students get an opportunity to start doing self-reflection, right? And to say, man, what am I good at? What do I love doing? What am I passionate about? What comes naturally? Uh, and we can see those play out when we get into internships or jobs to say, yes, this is it. Or, you know, no, I need to redirect here. Um, and so I do have some students who who do that um, through internships and in my classes. I remember teaching one of my, um, I was teaching a business communications class and we do a bunch of sections in there on kind of self-reflection, self-discovery. And at the end of the semester, my student said, well, I want you to know I've switched my major and I'm now going to be in education. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited for you. I will miss you in the business department, though. But I was like, I'm so glad that through our conversations through this class, you've really discovered what your true passion was um, and now are going to pursue that. So um, I do think it's a pretty neat thing. It's hard being, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, coming to college and trying to decide what you're going to do the rest of your life. Uh, and so I like that we have opportunities in classrooms and through internships where they can do some self-discovery and really identify what am, what am I really passionate, good at, enjoy doing, love, comes naturally. What are those and how do I find a career in that? Because that, I think, is where you find that fulfillment in your job. Well, a lot of times we think about from the university side, what is in an inter internship for our students? But what, uh, from your experience and observations, what do the businesses get from taking on interns that you might not normally think about? Yes. You know, I have these incredible partnerships with businesses in our community who are so excited about the opportunity to invest in the next generation. And um, and so those partnerships, I can think of a couple of local partnerships or local businesses that we've continued to have um, strong internships with. And their feedback to me is, we like being able to uh, have an opportunity to invest, to develop um, these students. And many of them develop it in a way that they are then able to transition to work for these companies in really effective manners. So a lot of times my internships will turn into, um, you know, part-time, even full-time positions, even careers after graduation. 
Uh, and so I think that's what's in it for the business. One, they get to invest in that next generation. They get to be mentors. Uh, they get to teach skill sets that are specific to their organization. Um, and then often that transitions into part-time um, or even potentially full-time positions. And um, I think you know, students are very eager to learn and oftentimes having somebody fresh out of college, they've got great ideas, great energy, are motivated and willing to learn the ways of that business. And that's a huge benefit when you're talking about culture. And that's a big, I, I think a big part of our future is creating cultures where people want to work there. And that's how we're going to get people to stay um, in different roles. Um, and I think that's a generational thing that we're going to see really come to fruition as time goes on. Do you see a distinction between, I mean, like you said, like building culture, oftentimes the vibrancy and plasticity of young people with the ideas that they bring to the table. Do you see a huge divergence between employers who see that as something that's a burden to take on because they have the ways of doing things versus those that, um, that see that as an, a true asset and what, how, what differentiates a company that sees it one or the other in your experience? Yeah, I think part of that is the approach of the student, right? And so I think part of that is being able to, as a student, say, hey, I have an idea and being able to share that idea, articulate it and, you know, really talk about the return on investment coming back to a textbook textbook term, but like the return on investment for that. So I think that that is important for the approach of the student, not coming across as a, hey, I, I know something more than you or I have this big idea, but really respecting the company for who they are and what they do. So the approach of the student um, is more of how can I, I have an idea that can contribute to our greater success. So part of that is that, so the presentation of the student, the approach of that student um, to respect the organization for what they've already done, but say, hey, I'd love to add to, right? here's something unique um, that I can add to what we do. Uh, and part of that is is a company, right? Um, are, is the company eager to um, look for ways to improve and advance and enhance what they're doing? Um, or are they a company that's kind of stuck in their ways, right? This is what we've done. Um, and so therefore it seems right. So I think it is, again, you know, that idea of what is that culture of that company? What is the feel of that company? One comes to mind, um, Growl is a marketing firm here in town, and they are very much about how do we think in progressive ways? How do we think outside the box? Uh, and so that's an example that comes to mind that I have a lot of students that that's they are looking for talent, young talent to come in and say, how can we shake it up? What can we think of next? What are some of those unique ways? Um, and there are other companies. That's just the one that comes to mind. Yeah, I know we work a lot with, you know, Growl, as you mentioned, Timberline Bank, and then you have uh, helped develop these hospitality partnerships across the state, which is huge for our hospitality management program. Yeah, so um, interesting. People often ask me, well, our internships, do they, do students have to take them? And um, no, they're not required except for our hospitality management program. 
And so that's been a really neat opportunity with, um, yes, I mean, internationally, nationally, um, statewide, and even locally that we've been able to part with, partner with businesses and have our CMU students go out and get to really experience hospitality management. And that's an interesting one because that, again, is one of those, you got to practice it, right? It's all about customer service. And so um, how do you do that? How do you handle an unhappy customer? How do you handle, oh, we don't have your room ready? How do you handle, a, hey, this isn't quite what I was expecting and um, creating that customer experience. So that's been a really uh, fun opportunity to have students be able to do those internships. And, um, and kind of on that note of should it be required for everybody? Um, I love the idea of that, but I'm not sure every student is necessarily ready for that. And so I really think it has to be a case-by-case -case scenario of are you ready to go and take your education and practice it in an internship? Or are you still needing to create that foundational skill set in order to help you be successful? Um, I will say a lot of students who do internships, I see them after college go into um, more of a position that's career oriented or kind of that next level. Um, and students who haven't necessarily done an internship, they're more um, kind of stepping into maybe more of those um, foundational or, you know, kind of that first step out of college job. Um, and so that's an interesting, and that's okay, right? Everybody has their different places they need to be. Uh, but I do see that my students who've done the internship have that kind of leg up and have had to, had to walk the path already of career. And so that gives them that opportunity to kind of take that next level job once they graduate. I think what's fortunate is that we have Hotel Maverick here on CMU's campus. So those hospitality management students can go right in, do their internships, just, you know, feet away from the Davis School of Business and, uh, you know, WCCC's culinary students can show up, cook a meal at this fabulous restaurant. Uh, I just think it, yeah, it's really helpful to have that here on campus. And then the partnership you have with Marriott that extends, you know, across Colorado and beyond is, is really fortunate for our students and they're, yeah, they're lucky to have you. It is a really neat concept to have a teaching, uh, a place that is like literally a teaching hotel. I mean, how many places have that? It's not very many. And so it's neat to have that um, available to our students here at CMU. Yeah, I agree. We are lucky to have you. And speaking of you, that's how we began the conversation. But I understand that you are focused on pursuing your doctorate. And why is that important to you? Why are you doing that at this juncture in your career where you've had these a litany of successes and, and, you, and you're currently helping students, which surely takes up a lot of your time? Yeah. I Sometimes I wonder why I'm doing it. No. <laughs> you know, I, um, I'm actually... I feel like pursuing my doctorate has made me a better teacher. And um, the reason be because of that, or the reason for that, excuse me, would be that I understand where my students are coming from. I myself am a student. And so I can sit there and be like, yeah, doing, um, learning this way is just, there is not effective. How do I change that for my students? Or man, yeah, homework some days is rough. Okay. So I'm like managing that expectation on my end. So it's helped me just remember what it is to be a student uh, and to have some compassion around that student experience. Uh, the reason I'm pursuing it is that I love teaching. I want to be a professor here at CMU. I want to teach students. Uh, uh, and it's teaching is not just about teaching academics. It's about teaching character. It's about teaching how to be a good person. It's about teaching um, and 
um, kindness, right? And those are all pieces that I feel like I have been, you know, in a sense called to do. It's it's my, I, I talked about, you know, earlier in the interview, that idea of like, what are you passionate about? What drives you? What motivates you? What excites you? What comes natural to you? And I found that teaching was what that was for me. And so that's, I think, being able, my, I know that my doctorate will enable me to do that in the long run, to be able to teach in the long run, um, and to not feel like I'm capped. I didn't want to feel like I had a cap on me. And so by having that, it really opens up so many doors and so many opportunities to be able to help uh, and CMU be the best that we can possibly be for our students, our community, um, our staff. And, and so being able to present that doctor, it really just opened up. So I know it will open up a lot of doors for me and allow me to continue to teach, which is what I love. Well, and, and you mentioned earlier, it's important teaching character alongside curriculum, and that's not, that's a can be kind of a controversial concept in higher ed. What do you think of CMU's approach to this values first proposition with our strategic plan? You, I think you earlier mentioned kindness, but we've been talking about other other ones. Have you been following that, and what do you think of that approach? Yeah, great. That that's a, a great question. Um, yes, I've been following it, and I love that. You know, those are some of those soft skill sets that we often, um, you know, we, so a lot of times we teach hard skill sets here, right? That Like you think of a university, you're like, oh, a lot of those hard skill sets are what we teach. Um, it's interesting, soft skill sets is one of the things I talk about in my business communications class, my leadership class. Uh, and it's really the idea that that is what a lot of people are looking for, because I can teach you some of those hard skill sets, but I can't teach you how to be a good person. I can't teach you how to be functional on a team. I can't think, teach you how to critically think through things, right? Those are skill sets we need to have somewhat innate in us um, or be developed, you know, and or be developed in classroom conversations that we can have here on campus. Um, so soft skill sets value based is a lot of that idea of around how do we how do we develop character within our students? And so those values are a big piece of that character development. And actually, you know, as we look at our future and we think about corporate social responsibility, Responsibility, right? It's a hot topic right now, CSR, right? Uh, and But that's a really interesting concept when you talk about value-based. Um, that is, as, as you look at the concept of that, right? So corporate social responsibility is, is that we are engaging, you know, the, the research has been done that we are engaging in organizations that align with our personal values. Right? And so we're more apt to do business with these companies who, uh, who like I'm passionate about, um, the environment that are more environmental friendly. So CSR is something we're seeing really come out in the business world, and that's all values-based, values-driven. So it's interesting when you talk about the character-based, it's also will play into business, right? And creating organizations that are also value-based. And so CMU is doing a good job of demonstrating that through the our strategic initiative is then driving, you know, yes, we're about education and we're also about values and how do we kind of pair those two things together? And so they're doing a nice job of doing that, creating character development, but also modern, showing that as a model for CSR as people continue um, down in the business world. Well, when you think of the workforce too, you know, not that long ago, people were just, okay, this is a job I want. Oh, this company hired me. I'm in it for the long run. But I think a lot of employees these days, they're looking for... Uh, 
a, a job that not only encompasses, yeah, their skill set, but also what, who are they, you know, as a, as a company and does it align with their values? And, you know, there are some businesses out there that say, why can't I hire anyone? You know, I can't, I can't get anyone to work. And sometimes that may be the case. There may be just a lack of uh, people with that skill set or in that area, but sometimes, you know, maybe it's time to reflect on, wait, what, what do we stand for? Do we stand for something? And is that aligning with this current workforce that's coming up because they really do care about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been interesting in my, um, I teach a human resource management class and we talk a lot about uh, what what matters right now. And when you're talking, so we talk about human resource management, we're like, our job is to keep people happy, right? Keep people happy and keep people on the job. Um, and so, and there's a lot more, but that's kind of dummy down to like the basics, right? And so we talk a lot in class, what is it that keeps people happy on the job? What is it that keeps them engaged? What is it that keeps them wanting to come to work every day? And so we spend a lot of time and energy in those conversations because I think that is, again, that future workforce and where we're headed. Um, and so we can strategically, you know, we can critically strategically think through those things to say, okay, as you, as you leave and as you manage, as you're managing people, how are you going to help them stay engaged? How are you going to help them want to be here? Um, and it will matter. I just, I believe it matters now and it will matter even more as time goes on uh, that people enjoy what they do. We've seen that, right? We've seen the change in our work environment and the great resignation and then to quiet quitting. And we've seen those things kind of play out of, you know, we're looking, people are looking for something different right now. And, um, and I think a big piece of that again, comes back to culture. What is your culture of your company? Um, what do you stand for? What's your mission? What's your visions? Do you actually follow it? Or are you just here to get the job done? And so, yeah, it's fun conversations in my HR class. <laughs> uh, maybe an extension of that conversation. So maybe if you, on, on one hand, you might have the skeptics who say, well, related to issues of character or values, we're, we're sort of outsourcing that to corporate America, profit-driven companies. On the other side, you might have people saying, well, only values should be taught at home. And then uh, and you've got uh, culture war discussions kind of roiling in K through 12. Does from your perspective, what role, what unique or specific niche can higher ed play in that character conversation that we're having culturally between corporations and where value should be taught? That is such a great question. And it is one of the reasons I am here. I think that uh, higher education should be about dialogue. We should be having dialogue in classrooms. It doesn't mean that we always agree. It doesn't mean that we'll see eye to eye. Um, but if we can't have dialogue with one another, then we're losing this huge opportunity to learn. And I, uh, that's, I love being able to bring that into classrooms where we can sit and say, okay, so this, I'll bring ethic, um, ethical current events into the classroom. Things are happening here and now, right? And let's talk through it. 
And what's the dilemma is like our first question. And obviously, and a lot of times there's multiple, right? And somebody's like, oh, I didn't even think about that one. Okay. And then you, then you go, okay, well, let's talk through it. And somebody will bring up a point and it's like, okay, yeah, but how about this? Right. And so then we have to pull that in. And so being able to look through that and say, okay, it's yes, you have an opinion and you have a right to have an opinion, right? But let's also have dialogue and have conversation. You know, dialogue is conversation, respecting one another. You don't, like I said, always have to agree, but being able to walk through that might just change your mind a little bit. Oh, okay, that I could see that. I understand that perspective, right? And so that I think enables us, that dialogue enables us to be able to be, to kind of be more well-rounded humans. Um, and then we can, that helps you, I think, when you're talking about your values and, and your character. Again, though it may differ, you get to understand other people and that understanding creates an ability to function better as a team, as a human, as a spouse, as a, <laughs> as a parent, right? All of those things kind of play into you just being able to be um, more, I guess more understanding in a world that's that's a little hard sometimes, right? And there's just so many perspectives and so many thoughts in there and sometimes hard to know what the total truth is. I think you can argue too, you know, with these values that CMU is placing in their strategic plan, that it really opens up a a safe environment, if you will, for dialogue and conversation and disagreement, because you think humility, you have to have that curiosity, you have to have that power, you have to, you have to give yourself the power to have a voice, you know, to voice your opinion. And then you have to have love to really accept someone else's thoughts. And I think that those values really do open up um, a place where, yeah, conversation is welcome and, and uh, not only welcome, but encouraged. I think Kelsey might be evolving our next uh, CMU marketing campaign on our values, which is like, says, it sets the platform for dialogue, which is a, something we'll have to keep turning on. I like that a lot. Well, Krista McGee, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate you all. And I think it's so fun to be able to have an opportunity to share and listen. I I mean, you guys create an opportunity for us opening our minds just through these podcasts and listening to one another that maybe we don't necessarily cross paths because we're in different departments. Um, But we get an opportunity to learn from those different department areas too. So thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for listening to the See Me Now podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.